0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Smash, Smash Also PPKS 9mm short. It's been coded to your palm print so only you can fire it. Less of a random killing machine, more of a
1: personal statement. Q07. I want to meet your employer. How much do you know about fear? All there is. Not like this. Not like him. Just look at you. Chasing spies. England. My sex. She sent you after me. No, when you're not ready. No, when you would likely die. Mommy was very bad. Hello and welcome to Smash Pod, a podcast celebrating all the Bond films by those who enjoy, hate, or you know just aren't asked about them. Hosted by me, John Rain. We'll be delving deeply into Bond, tackling a different film each episode with an exciting guest by my side. Episode twenty-three asks us to think on our sins, think about retirement planning. Contemplate backing up your hard drive and think about feeding your CG animals. Yes, it's Skyfall. Joining me to eat some rats in a barrel is comedian, writer, and actor Robin Ince, who can be found on Twitter as Robin Ince. Hello, Robin. Hello. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited by this because this is a film that um, the first thought I've never seen it. In a whole piece. Right. It's one of those ones that was always on once ITV bought the rights to it. Yeah. Uh, it would be on at that time on a Thursday that if I was gigging, I'd have got back to, you know, my uh, budget chain hotel just in time to catch the bit where Albert Finney turns up or just in time to see the moment where he, you know, the villain takes out his teeth and everything, goes, oh, what my face looks like now, mm. all of that stuff. So I've, I've seen the beginning, I've seen the middle, I've seen the end, I've seen the middle in the end, I've seen the beginning in the middle. Right. It's the first time it's a cohesive film. Yeah. So I'm worried because I actually quite like it. And I, I know amongst Bond fans, there's some debate, isn't there? But it's a lot better than
1: Spectre, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of Bond fans really like it.
0: Yeah, I th- I thought, I, I, I think Casino Royale's um, fine. Mm-hmm. Connor of Solace, I, I'm not. I mean, the thing I have to admit from an early stage is I am no longer uh, someone who would go straight to the cinema because a Bond film came mm. out. So it was, uh, um, uh, being 48 years old means that they were a major part of my life. You know, growing up they were, all the clichés, the Christmas movie, etc, etc, etc. But now I kind of go, oh, it's difficult to watch some of those 60s ones, isn't it? Do you think? Well, I find sometimes that, you know, I find it easier to watch Marnie with Sean Connery because Mm. I realise that I'm watching the psychotherapy of Alfred Hitchcock's issue with women. Mm. whereas uh, sometimes watching the Sean Connery ones, I realise I'm watching the 60s issues with women <laughs> that go back through history. So there's kind of... Um, and, I, and I do... Uh, I mean, I, the Sean Connery films are probably my favourite ones. Right. Uh I would say, you know, Goldfinger and... I actually really kind of like Diamonds Off Forever for that intriguing thing of how could a man suddenly look so much older four years later. It is it would, crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's a yeah. really... And it must have partly been him going, I'm going to look like this, and this is the way the toupee's going to sit. And
1: I think it's very much like, a, I finished Bond now, I can drink and I can eat what I like. And yeah. Because from what I understand, Bond contracts are slave contracts, I believe. I think that's what they offered George Lazen, it was a slave contract. And I've heard Roger Moore say in interviews that when he's not doing Bond, he can grow his hair long and do this. But when he's doing Bond, he has to stick to a certain look. So I think when Sean Connery finished, he was like, right, well, I can go and eat pies, drink beer, do what I like.
0: Yeah, and play men who may well have interest in children that they're trying to uh, keep you now in Sidney Lumet films. Yeah, exactly. See, now, they're my favourite... That in terms of, Like, my favourite Bond actor... Have I got there too soon? No, go on. I'm just, is, in terms of Sean Connery films... Uh, I think that he is brilliant in many of you know, the, the the Hill, uh, the Offense, uh, 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 the Untouchables. I remember that moment in the cinema of seeing Sean Connery die, where the whole audience at the oh. Warner West End that day did kind of go, oh, but it's Sean Connery? Sean Connery doesn't die." So yeah. I love things like you know. I'd, but in terms of actual fondness. It is Roger Moore. And mm. I think the older I've got, because the, the the first Bond, I, I think the first Bond I'd have seen in the cinema would have been Spy Who Loved Me, Yeah. but one of the Odeons in Watford at that point, the one that wasn't, not the main central Odeon. You're from Watford. Yeah. I'm so. from Watford. Oh, you remember the slightly flea pity Odeon, yeah. where you'd buy film review for 30 pence. Yeah,
1: turn into a canon.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. right. Turn into a canon, briefly. Yes. That is a great movie. Have you seen the movie all about uh, canon films? Yes. What a cracker.
1: There's two, you know. Oh the, the, the Globe and What are they called? Golden and Globus Thank you I couldn't get any words out They did their own version Which is very Puff PC But I that just... one is What was it called? Electric Boogaloo Yeah yeah.
0: Because I watched Fall for Love The Sam Shepard Which is directed by Robert Altman Which was a, a canon film And I loved As I watched it the other day I thought I would like that moment Where Golden and Globus Were going Are you sure Sam That mm. we couldn't have Your part played by uh, Chuck Norris
1: Or Charles Bronson
0: mainly Chuck Norris. I, th- yeah. I think Charles Bronson would have right. played the Harry Dean Stanton part. You're
1: right, they love Chuck Norris, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. They, they went all in on Norris.
0: I used. To, there used to be a, a film magazine called Stills, which mm-hmm. was um it was kind of it was almost like Screen International but it still had just enough glossiness that, you know, a teenager who was obsessed with films... um, Because it was a slightly industry magazine, it would have, during film festival season, a huge chunk in the middle that was just all ads. Hmm. And one year, it was Canon. And it just... I don't know how many... 50, 60 pages, each page, a poster for a different possible Canon... it, It had... Jean Luc Godard's King Lear, which mm-hmm. is still seen as probably the lowest point of, of Jean Luc Godard's career. Yeah. The one where Norman Mailer got furious because uh, Jean Luc Godard kept making him kiss his real daughter, who was playing Cordelia in it, and I think left after about a day and a half, so that was Lear gone. Um, and then it had all, you know, Missing in Action 1, 2, all that. and then it just had one page, it just went, a Chuck Norris film. <laughs> and I just love the fact there will be another one as well. Yeah. 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 I and think the- it was probably post, it was 10 to midnight, that Charles Brock, was that a, a, a canon?
1: I think it might have been, yeah ah Norris did what Invasion USA Mission in, mission Delta in Action Delta Force Del- Delta Force
0: um yeah
1: The Delta Force 2 as well
0: I think he's yeah and then missing in, there's that lovely story of the fact that missing in action 1 is actually missing in action 2 yeah because uh they, they got and then things like Runaway Train yeah under, uh, Konchalovsky. and so you have that I, I mean I love that bit which is just them going we're just gonna make everything mm-hmm. we just we will and if we make everything oh we're bankrupt yeah, And there is a kind of sadness, because they're not all terrible films. No. But the terrible ones are really... I mean, I, I still consider the 80s to be the worst decade of cinema.
1: I think you might be right. Yeah. There's
0: some great films in the 80s, but as a whole, the mainstream, all of the worst excesses of uh, i mean I was, I was talking with uh someone earlier today about the fact that you know directors like you know scorsese was having tremendous trouble in in the 80s getting things made brian de palma it's not definitely not his best decade right. you know scorsese made one of my favorite films of it was after hours in the 80s but overall the, the, there was like and you could say it was coke and all that kind of stuff i'm sure there's chapters of peter biskind which will cover that but mm-hmm. uh, but yes, yeah, Spy Love Me. Sorry, that was it, wasn't it? Anyway, Spy loved but yeah, me. yeah Spy, Spy Love Me. And then I remember seeing. I think after that, they they put in the cinemas again a double bill of Live and Let Die and Man with a Golden Gun. Mm. And I remember seeing that with my dad as well. Mm. And, I, and I now find Roger Moore the. I'm always intrigued by that ability for an actor to basically, without winking at the camera, be winking at the camera. By the, the actors who are going, this is all pretend, but I'm also taking it very seriously. Yeah. So someone, uh, a friend of Tom Baker's, once said that you know, that's what Tom Baker has. Tom Baker as a Doctor Who had this ability to both be full on Saturday action thriller, mm. but also he's giving you a little look down the camera. Yeah. Yeah, and and that and I think Roger Moore the charm. And I I do think I I, I was lucky enough to I, I Rich and Judy many years ago I met Roger Moore. And uh, he was everything you'd hope he would be. He was really charming. I love the fact that, you know, once he got involved in UNICEF and he and he would say, you know, what I do is I go to these countries and the people in charge get to meet James Bond and I do all the kind of photo shoots where they were, uh, you know, they oh, look, we're standing with James. And then I go into their office and after the photo shoot, I can start talking about clean water projects. Mm-hmm. And I think he genuinely, you know, that... and. I've talked about this loads before. It's one of my favourite things. I talk about it in my current show, actually. But there was this little moment where um, I was about to go on the set of... It was Richard and Judy. They used to film you you know, sitting in a pretend green room kind of thing, which I suppose was a real green room because we were in there, but it was like the little bar area and stuff. Yeah. And I was sat on a stool next to Roger Moore, and just as I was being introduced, Roger Moore tapped me on the shoulder, told me a joke, and the punchline was what's that up my ass, Batman? <laughs> and it was, uh, and, and you just go, good, that was, a, that was a great experience, you know, just meeting someone you thought. He had no... Because I, I, I worked on that show for quite a while, and of course there were people with monstrous egos there. Mm. Very rarely, though, were they the stars. Yeah. Like people who came in like Anna Blackman and Robert Vaughan and Roger Moore, they seemed very comfortable in their skin, and they were mm. very comfortable with other people. It was, you know, there were some younger uh, kind of assholes there, but yeah, that was certainly not Roger Moore.
1: Oh, he was a lovely man.
0: He did. I just, yeah, what an uh, that, that ability to. They're, they're not my favourite. Well, actually, in some ways, I think they almost some of those I've really grown fond of now. Mm. I, 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 Live and Let Die is probably the Bond movie that I've almost watched more than any other. I think. I know you meant, say, Goldfinger, yeah. or go, well, actually, think about all the thing about Unimagined Secret Services... <laughs> but I, I really love uh, watching uh, Live and Let Die, also yeah. because it has, you know, Dr Quinn, medicine woman in it, who used to live in a Le Jardin de Romance. Did she? Don't so you remember the Le Jardin de Romance? It was one of those kind of... Avas- Hi, I'm Jane Seymour, and this is Le Jardin de Romance.
1: I probably, I'm probably too young. You may
0: well be, yeah. The, yeah. The Le Jardin was a, f- a fragrance of very jardiny kind of quality.
1: Well, maybe paid no attention. <laughs> I don't pay much attention anyway. But Skyfall. You smell
0: great, though. Just to make it clear, Thanks, Robin. even though you said you don't pay attention to perfume, I bet you smell fine. So please, no one think it's due to, you know...
1: Personal hygiene.
0: It's in fact the fact that you don't require perfume. Yeah. I've got I a natural must. You do, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I wish I hadn't mentioned that now because you're actually sitting by a poster for some sausages and a mixture of musk yeah. and an enormous poster for full sausage breakfast. Three it's ninety-nine. It's my spirit animal.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Skyfall. So when I asked you about doing Skyfall, you were very insistent that you were going to you're going to be here to defend it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think it's I genuinely uh I think it's a great villain. Mm-hmm. I think very well played. I think uh the Jeopardy in it, uh I think, you know, without giving away the but the, it it's uh I think of the recent Bond movies, of kind of this century's Bond movies post Pierce Piers Brosnan, uh or indeed including those, there it has the strongest performances throughout. Right. Amongst the cast. I mm-hmm. think it's a really... Uh, and, uh, and I quite... I know that there's a problem with the fact that something which for so long was treated... You know, it was ironic from the 1970s really through to the early 90s. Uh, in fact, no, and Piers Brosnan as well. There's a little bit where Timothy Dalton, they, they tried to... It didn't quite get the balance right. Again, that 80s problem of not quite getting the balance of... It's now going to be more serious and more edgy. But... Um, yeah, I, I think this out of the non-ironic bonds is definitely one of the better ones.
1: Okay, so we start off with no gun barrel. How do you feel about that? Fine. You're not bothered.
0: No, no, no. I'm not. I, I, I think there's a. I, I find there's an the issue with the film and with all the modern bonds is in one way they're not Bond films. If you, it depends on the genre that you know, or the, the the period you brought up. But mm. this this does. I, I presume these are the Sean Connery films in the same way, you know, the thuggery of the actual books, which are, oh, they're very, they're weird books, mm. because they, they read quite like Brett Easton Ellis' American Psycho. It's filled with all these name drops of things like, not not Jane Seymour's Le Jardin de Romance, mm. but other mm. more manly scents that were available oh. over the counter. So it's part catalogue for someone striving to be an alpha male. Yeah. Filled with, you know, things like From Russia With Love, the homoeroticism in the, in the opening chapters of From Russia With Love, you know, it, it's, it's quite excessive. Hmm. Um, and it's a very exaggerated kind of world of, uh, of, 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 of brutality and sexuality. Which is never really—I don't think any of the films ever go that far because they would have all been certificate Xs if they'd actually followed what you know. He was never—he's not like the comic strip character, and he's not really like any of the comic book character um, secret agents either. Mm. So I suppose in some ways this has that level of uh, of of thuggery to it.
1: I'm not happy about there being no gun barrel there, Robin.
0: Okay, that's fair enough. I'm
1: not happy. You're a traditionalist. It's against the law. Yeah. It's like not having a bat signal.
0: Uh, I am I am smashing the plough of you the are. Bond iconography, whereas you, you were there, yeah.
1: They went back to it the next film, though, that's what I'm saying. Well, there is that
0: difficulty sometimes, isn't there? It's a bit like that episode written by Mark Gatiss of Doctor Who where yeah. they didn't have the opening credits and then you presume that you've actually come in late yeah. and then you you are constantly left going, will the gun barrel happen now? Mm. Well, it's about, I mean, that modern tradition now where you don't always have opening credits and so you uh you you wait and you go oh is this a preamble is this a preamble is this a preamble no it's the film and then at the end of the film it goes you have been watching <laughs>
1: they did cuz they put a the gun on the
0: Trevor gun barrel, Bannister. they put
1: the gun barrel at the end yeah which serves nobody no and they made it too fast and it's stupid but yeah that aside from that so can heart, i just
0: say that yeah. the, of this director's work i far prefer it to american beauty
1: yes that yeah yeah
0: i i saw uh
1: no, the, kevin the, spacey
0: yeah, but yeah. it's, no, America, I remember going to see, because, I, I, I mean, that's what I find interesting as well. This, in some ways, is, in one way, I would like the still to be that kind of, I'm an action director, and that's what I do. Not Sometimes I'm a theatre th- director th- is th- very clever. And sometimes I like to have a little fun, too. <laughs> um, and I, I did see his production of Cabaret, with Jane Horrocks at the Donmar Warehouse, which was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And then American Beauty, I remember that I was going to see it at, at the Camden Odeon where people are just gone, you're not going to believe it, you're not going to believe it. It's, it's Citizen Kane of its generation. It is Citizen Kane. And it's not. No, not. it's not. It's It's one of those films that, again, has quite a nice soundtrack. I never got the paper bag thing or plastic bag thing oh, no, right. Sorry, yeah. that whole thing. And the bit where you go, yeah, the bloke's got a lot of issues because actually he's gay. Yeah, that bloke's actually going to turn out to be gay. Yeah, yeah, he's probably going to kill someone. And it, it was of that genre, which is actually quite a soap opera genre.
1: Anyway, so no gun barrel. So Bond is going in to find uh, a, de- a few dead agents and the hard drive has been stolen from this laptop. Now, we don't know at this point what the hard drive contains, do we? Sure
0: no, we do. I don't think so.
1: And he wants to stay and help... Can Monson. I
0: say, by the way, this isn't how I thought it went. No? I thought we actually watched the film and talked around. Oh, hour. no,
1: we're not going to watch the film. Oh, shit. <laughs> what did you think?
0: Well, I thought that... Cause I'm, I've listened to some of these and I was certain you were watching the movie. No,
1: no, these are my impressive notes. Oh, right. Do you want me to put it on?
0: Wow, it would have been easier.
1: Or should I put it on this lamp?
0: Because I don't even know how it starts, because I've only seen the start in the middle or the start at the end or the oh, well, start at the beginning. Oh, it's no gun
1: barrel. And See, then bom- it's
0: probably never made an because I've always thought I've only just got into the premiere in hmm. just after the gun barrel's been shown. Oh, right. So that might be one of my reasons for that.
1: When the gun barrel's shown at the end, so you've missed the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you probably think this film's just loads of words. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It's not. It's not. It's better than that. Just. So hard drive's gone there's an agent called Ronson who's down he's shot and he's dying but M wants him to go after that hard drive now I think this is the first moment where like Bond wouldn't do that necessarily and I I know we've got to get this hard drive but there's a dying man here would he
0: that's the bit basically the running up the dark stairs running up the dark stairs running up the dark stairs bit isn't it no no which bit's that then
1: well he was with the dying man and then M says to him get after this fella yeah so Bond runs out Finds Money Penny in her Land Rover. Nice product place Oh yeah, they're getting the Land Rover.
0: This is the one, right? Can I just check? Right now You're we're not watching of Quantum it. You're
1: solace, there, aren't
0: you? Right, yeah, I must be. Yeah, yeah. and then so this is one where Miss Money Penny realises she mm, has a lot more time. Just stay behind the desk.
1: Mm. Silly
0: to get involved. Yeah, Naomi Harris. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. But we don't know she's Money Penny till the very end, even though it's completely oh, obvious. Oh,
0: right. She's yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd never realised you didn't know to the end. But that's mainly because yeah. the first time I saw it, I saw the end.
1: When you hear it all the way through, she says her name is Eve.
0: Oh right,
1: so it's a big it's a big thing at the end. Has to go. Oh, my name's Eve Moneypenny, by the way.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. So
1: they go on this. Uh, can change. I
0: say now mm. to everyone listening that apparently, from what I can gather, it is much better not to watch these films in the narrative order they were intended. The way that I've been using the Premiere In system of arriving late back slightly <laughs> drunkly from gigs and watch them in bits and pieces has made it quite a fascinating college. It reminds me a lot of the kind of films of Nicholas Roeg and Donald Camel, If one you should it do like a Premiere In advert. I should do. In that style. Also, I'm the correct length for the bed, whereas Lenny Henry's just a little he's bit too, too tall, tall for them. Yeah.
1: And you've got the cachet to do it now,
0: haven't you? Oh, I'd have thought so, yeah. Because yeah. there'll be a little bit where Brian Cox, he gets off at a really posh hotel, Yeah. and then he, then he goes, go wherever you want, but you're not staying here, it's too expensive. Yeah. And then I go, What well, Brian doesn't know. is Things then, can only he, get better. Yeah, and Brian's then, he's in a posh hotel, yeah. but all the posh people next door making loads of noise, opening yeah. champagne, yeah. whereas I've got a good night guarantee.
1: Yeah. Premier wouldn't want to get in touch. I'll put him in, in touch with you. Twenty percent. Twenty percent is that is that official? Yeah, I thought so. Lovely. Should say Robin is eating a sandwich. Mm, I'm eating
0: today. So. No, he hasn't
1: eaten, and he's he's given us his time here, so we're letting him eat a sandwich.
0: So anyway, <laughs> yeah, so are chasing
1: this fella in his car, and we get this market chase. And then, uh, do you
0: know what? I've had enough market chases.
1: I have. I feel I that have.
0: market chases have taken over have. from the alley with some boxes down at Starsky. And You're thing. quite right.
1: Yeah, there's too many of them, and and rooftop chases, particularly is yeah. this bit where he chases the fella on the motorbike on top of that rooftop, taken two used the same location. Oh. So it really kind of dilutes the impact of this action sequence.
0: Can I say that Liam Neeson, who I always find it quite weird. one of my favourite things Liam Neeson did was he he did the voiceover for a documentary about Charles Darwin. Mm. Um, but Liam Neeson does it in an American accent. Does he? And I was like, why is he doing it in an American accent? That. Why would you employ him? But I watched Dark Man again the other day, oh, which I still one. think is one of the best superhero movies of all time. It's Sam Raimi. I know it's not, an it, it's a made-up superhero for the movies, and I think that's why it works. And I think you know. I I'm every man. I'm no man. I'm the dark man. It's great.
1: Have you watched the other two?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not as good. They're really bad. Yeah, they're really. That's one of the disappointing things. Where, where? I mean, to be fair to the Bond movies, mm. the franchise hasn't constantly gone downhill. No. Now, David Cronenberg's Scanners is excellent. Scanners two is okay. Scanners three, the Takeover, what a mess. <laughs> Scanner Cop, we're getting somewhere. Scanner Cop, Scanner Cop two, excellent. <laughs> I think Wings Houses in that one.
1: Wings Hauser. Yeah. There's a name you don't hear very often. No,
0: not, not as much, but if you join the fan club, you'll get the badge and everything. Yeah, because I he, think the, the. He was second in that band with
1: Paul McCartney, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Hauser. That's it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Scanner Cop. I haven't seen Scanner Cop. It sounds good.
0: It's a lot of fun because it is one of those things going, well, we tried to kind of keep the Cronenberg franchise going, but let's instead go, he's a cop, but due to having ephemeral when he was younger, he's also a scanner. Mm. and in in one of them, I think it's in Scanner Cop 2, uh, there's a great thing, because the the villain has a metal plate in his head, so Mm -hmm. at the end, when they blow up his his brain using Mm. scanner powers, uh, you just have a little bit where a kind of metal bowl wobbles back and forth, which has been his implanted metal skull. That's the main difference between Scanners and all the follow-ups, is where Scanners went, I think one exploding head will do, Mm. the follow-ups go, more, Mm -hmm. more exploding heads, seven, eight exploding heads. It's
1: the way it goes. Sequels have to do Mm -hmm. that. Have, to have exploding heads in a sequel, even license to kill had one. Oh, yeah, license to kill is technically a scanner's fault. I forgot that, yeah, yeah, technically. Anyway, so they're chasing this man who's got the hard drive, and we go through the market, which is boring. Then you get a bit of a junior kickstart type five mm. where they're all motorbikes, and you want that man who was really good at junior, kick, uh, junior kickstart. Was his name Doogie? Oh, yeah, 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 him who falls down holes and kicks people in bollocks and that sort of thing. And uh, they go over the rooftops, and then they end up on the top of a train, which is quite a good sequence, where Daniel Craig launches off of the bridge on his motorbike, lands on the train, chases this man. And then you get the good bit where he's in a digger. But um,
0: See, my favourite train sequence, though, is Sean Connery in First Great Train Robbery. That's good. Where he has to keep... Uh, Better book. Oh, is it? I've never that Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton,
1: the book's amazing. The film's yeah, not I'm, as good.
0: It's still fun, you know, Wayne sleeps strangled to death. Yeah. Though I've got to say he was very good at the Milton Keynes Theatre when I saw him in Aladdin. Was he strangled
1: uh, to death in Aladdin? No, he was. He just did...
0: Do you know what? He looked a bit bored until he was allowed to do his tap routines Then he looked happy as Larry. <laughs> um, but that, that that sequence where you've got um, Sean Connery trying to get to the, the uh, carriage with the bullion mm. and every time they ever did anything about it, they would always have the anecdote of the fact that Sean Connery the train actually went at twice the speed it was meant to when he was doing those stunts. Dangerous. so there we go so if you ever watch that again realise that he thought it was going at 15 miles an hour and apparently so did the director but he might be lying actually 30 miles an hour wonderful performance by Donald Sutherland to pretend corpse
1: yes yes he's all made up and everything isn't yeah it? not sure about his British accent though no nah. I think someone told Donald Sutherland in the 70s you're really good at British accents and he went oh really am I thanks because he's also in Murder by Decree doing a oh,
0: I love Murder by Decree
1: it's one of my favourite films yeah and uh, he's not great in that he's I'm- fine but he doesn't sound British.
0: It's the closest to what From Hell should have been.
1: Absolutely, mm. and but it also has the amazing idea of going. You know what, Sherlock Holmes investigates the Jack the Ripper case. Brilliant idea. Christopher Plummer as Sherlock Holmes. Who directed that? Oh God! Now you're asking. Because the
0: seventies has some interest. It got Seven Percent Solution.
1: Mm. Private uh, Life of Sherlock Holmes.
0: Yeah, which I, I watched again recently. Mm. This when you got when you can't work out, watch what film to watch in an evening. If you go. Billy Wilder, yeah. generally worked, didn't it?
1: Or Murder by Decree. Yeah, or Murder by Decree. James Mason as Dr. Watson. I mean, who was it, anyway? Yeah. He sorry for my pee. <laughs> a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Um, so, yeah, they're on the top of the train. And then Can I recommend that?
0: There's a wonderful documentary about James Mason called Home James. Have you seen Home James?
1: With Dennis Waterman?
0: No, Home yeah. James. That would have been Jim Davidson. Yeah. You're thinking of uh, Jim as Jim London.
1: I, I didn't realise until recently that it's a spin-off of Up the Elephant around the, the Elephant. Castle. Up the Elephant I and the Castle. No he hasn't idea. got a
0: proper job. Home James gets a job as a chauffeur. Yeah. But it's not that. Home James is James Mason going back to Harrogate. Oh, and it's a fantastic documentary of just James Mason going around Harrogate. Um, there was another one which you might know called "The London Nobody I was just Knows." I recommend that, which yeah. is, is brilliant. He was one. Wonder- the the why no fighting in that? It's something very. And he visits and sad. one of
1: the Jack the Ripper sites when it was still there in the sixties. It goes really into the garden of where they found Liz Stride. I think it was. I might be wrong. Pollyanne Nichols. Ooh. Yeah, because it's now obviously demolished. But he was able to go into the house and into the garden of where it happened
0: well it's a very that and him going back to Harrogate where he's originally from and just seeing the it, yeah it's a really the people of Harrogate are a quiet people um
1: this is James Mason's Up the Elephant and Round the yeah. Castle
0: <laughs> oh Jim London <laughs> shooting party now there's a cracking film that is good. anyway sorry we're meant to be talking about well I'm we're sorry, this about is everything the proper, but Skyfall. but yeah the shooting party if you've never seen it uh, the, it was James Mason's kind of his last film that mm. and Dr Fisher of Geneva I think were about the same time but it was originally meant to be Paul Scofield playing the part, but he was involved in an it was there was an accent on set, and it is in one way it's beautiful what there is a scene with James Mason and a dying Gordon Jackson where just bloody, brilliant it's a brilliant film, and it's a very underrated film, probably not enough people have seen it from the early eighties. That is a great film the early eighties actually
1: yeah there were some good British films in the eighties though. Yeah. You should say that. It was a good golden age for British films. Yeah,
0: well, compared to the 70s, because it was was certainly better than uh, The Ups and Downs of a Handyman.
1: And compared to the 90s, where it was all gangster
0: films. Yeah, but you've still got good gangster films. You've still got Sexy Beast and Gangster No. 1.
1: Sexy Beast in the 90s? Yeah. Was it?
0: Sexy Beast and Gangster No. 1, because the gangsters aren't... The the, the gangster films I can't stand are the ones where you go, but I'll tell you what, they do kill a lot of people, but they're smashed. Mm-hmm. And it's that bit where a director falls in love with the gangster. Mm. Whereas Gangster Number 1, the brutality of Gangster Number 1, yeah. and imagining Peter Bowles, who was uh, back to the original play of it and was in the original play playing the Malcolm Down Oh, really? Style. Imagine Peter Bowles in Gangster Number 1. He's
1: doing The Exorcist at the minute.
0: I oh, know, I'm thinking of going to see that. I'd he? like
1: to see that. I'd like to see him say, See
0: what she's done, your cunt
1: daughter! Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah but the Sexy Beast has also got Lovejoy being bummed by Edward Fox. Yeah. Is it Edward it is. Fox or James Fox? I can't remember. Might have been the other way round. One of the Foxes. I, I would have thought no, that. I uh, remember the grimace of Lovejoy when he's being um, posted.
0: Because there's a. Be- the the, the follow up, the, the film that was made years later uh, called 14 chest. And that uh, Ian, McK- uh, Ian McShane, again, uh, plays kind of the part of... Uh, they're slightly different characters. You've got John Hurt mm. kind of playing Wilfred Bramble, yes. which is a lot of fun. Mm. And you've got Ian McShane playing probably not the same gangster, but another kind of gay gangster. Mm. And there's just a bit where they're waiting for Ray Winston to do something, just standing by some... And Ian McShane's just going through his favourite fantasy man. And there's just that wonderful moment where he goes... Bert Lancaster, scrumptious. <laughs> and McShane, but I, I have... Because I know there's that lovely story, Sexy Beast, the idea that he is a continuation from the young uh, lover of, of Richard Burton in the film Villain. Yeah, that a is a good idea. I have a lovely copy of the uh, actual shooting script of, of, of Villain, mm. which my dad got for me in an auction with Donald Sinden. Nice. What, what? scene are we on? Are we on scene two yet? Yeah? bloody disaster, this, isn't it?
1: Fat? Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so, <laughs> anyway, very good. So then you get, we cut, keep cutting back to M mm. in her office. She's livid because she wants this mm. hard drive back. And then we get Rory Kinnear, who comes in, and he talks like my dad because he says, get me CCTV, satellite, which is something yeah. no one knows about technology would say. Anyway, um, so then uh, Bob gets in nice his digger, and you get this wonderful moment where he gets a bit shot by the baddie, but he manages to hook it onto the train because the baddie's decoupled it. Bond gets in the train and he has that wonderful Bond moment where he adjusts his cufflinks as he jumps in mm. and the train falls apart. The whole scene, M is livid. She keeps barking orders at everybody quite annoyingly. And I'm not I'm not a fan of Judy Dench's M in this film. I don't like her at all.
0: I don't know towards the end, though. it's. I love Judy Dench, you see.
1: I like Judy Dench. I
0: love the fact that she had a tattoo when she was about 80.
1: What, what did she get a tattoo of? I
0: can't remember if she got a little tattoo on oh, her was wrist. was it a
1: Stormzy or something?
0: It probably wouldn't, it, yeah, she went with a daughter to her along and, uh,
1: yeah. Finty. Yeah, that's
0: right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she said, oh, I have a tattoo now. Yeah. Nearly 80, why not, eh?
1: Wasn't it, because she's, isn't her name like a slang for something, like Dench means really good or something? I well, don't know. Where's that Hench? I'm I'm again sounding really middle-aged right now, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about.
0: Anyway, so Bond gets... Can I say now, Stormzy was awfully good at Glastonbury, I went to see a set. Super. Did you? Really was, was he, he awfully out? good? It was excellent, actually. Did you say, oh,
1: well done? Yeah, well done, Stormzy, super. (laughs) Who saw that coming? Yeah. He's a popular beat combo, isn't he, for the young people? I don't know. I'm so out of touch with all that stuff. I don't know what's going on. Bond has a fight with this man on top of the train, trying to get the hard drive. In the meantime, Eve, in inverted commas, Mm. has got a good shooting position. But if she takes the shot, she might hit Bond. M says, take the shot. Mm. Take the bloody shot. That's
0: the big... Scene isn't it that basically that mm. sets up the jeopardy for the rest of the film is yeah
1: yeah yeah. So if she would have missed, we might have got a decent Bond film, but mm. never not mind. Um, so she shoots Bond, he falls in the river, we get the opening titles with a song song that's pretty good. I have yep. to say, I like this song. It's not bad. Sing it. Well, I was thinking you could do a puddings version because you know she says skyfall, let it crumble. Mm. You could say trifle, apple crumble. Mm. So I think that would work if they did like a, re- a rejigging of Oliver. Yeah, you know, instead of food, glorious food. Uh, so Bond goes in the river, and it is goes,
0: you're right. I would agree; it's not a bad, uh, um, not a bad thing to
1: Anyway, so we get after the song, we get M burning the midnight oil writing James Bond's obituary. She probably could have knocked it out in five minutes, but decides to do it in the middle of the night. Don't know why. And then she's got to go to a meeting with Mallory, yeah, who is Rafe Fiennes, who is excellent. I don't, he I is
0: generally he's one of those actors the only one I'm uncertain of is uh, when he's in In Bruges you don't like him in Bruges no he's fine in Bruges but I remember when I first saw it and I thought this is so close to a kind of Ben Kingsley
1: mm. from
0: Gangster Number One
1: yeah
0: Sexy Beast uh, sorry from Sexy Beast yeah mm. which is just such a great
1: that is a phenomenal yeah, performance yeah.
0: No 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 fucking way no fucking way, girl. No, 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 no. Look like a cunt, no way. Brilliant.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was very good.
0: But it's uh yeah, so I, but I like Fines a lot. I think he's and I think he's he's good in Bruges, but I think I just felt that character was a little there was a certain similarity in but probably not.
1: I enjoy seeing him out of his comfort zone. Yeah. Because he quite often will pay sort of posh people.
0: Yeah I like nice he does Posh, sad, confused mm. very well.
1: Mm. Yeah. It was good seeing him say, you know, take that back about my cunt kids. Yeah. That's a good line. Um, <laughs> so she goes to see Mallory, and Mallory says to her, it's time we talk about your retirement planning because this hard drive... He does a, he does a wonderful, as you know, a couple of months ago, this hard drive with all known agents in the NATO uh, blowing their covers was stolen, and you failed to retrieve it.
0: See, this is one of the fun things about any films that use technology hmm. if you realise how archaic they'll be in 20 years time
1: oh yeah yeah. Being-
0: yeah. Even things like mobile phones will probably look very archaic to an audience in twenty years' time.
1: Well, you remember with uh, in the eighties it was the microchip, mm. and then before that it was the uh, microfilm,
0: yeah. or even the Philofax. Bond, MI five have lost their Philofax. Not the Philofax where you've kept all the names of all the NATO agents. Yes, yeah. and it's got that lovely fold out map of London as well. And i made yeah. some marks restaurants I want to go and to, and a ruler. Yeah. yeah, and Jim Belushi's got it.
1: Yeah. Oh God, that's a good film.
0: Philofax very rarely gets you know, shown that's now. that's written
1: by? No. J.J. Abrams. Wow. Yeah, it's his first film that he sold. That's fantastic. And now look at him, he's doing Star Wars Episode Nine with Jim Belushi about the Empire losing their final
0: <laughs> <party>. <laughs> He's gone full circle.
1: Um, so, yeah, she's, she's a bit annoyed. And then there's a bit of techno babble on M's laptop as she's driving back to work. And we get this proper um, 90s hacking, I'm going to say. Mm. It doesn't seem like... It seems like it's really dated already. In the 90s, when they were like, we're getting hacked, how are we going to show that? We'll have animated clips that the hacker going, ha, 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 I'm a hacker, and you've got this going on here.
0: Yeah, that is quite a...
1: Think on your sins, it says, with a picture of her. I'm not sure how that would work if you were hacking somebody. No. It wouldn't it wouldn't do
0: that. It does look, yeah, like a kind of poorly made hologram. That's. Yeah. Um, or oh, it, it has a real ghost train feel to it, doesn't it? Yeah. It has a little bit of Frinton-on-C about it.
1: Yeah. Which you know this film does generally, but then we cut to Bond being and in- oh no, Nemo six blows up. I should. So say. you don't like this film at all then? I want I like bits of it a lot, right? But I think there's a certain cut off point where it goes badly downhill, and I right. don't think it ever reco- recovers from it. And I think you could say the same about every Daniel Craig film, right? That there's a certain cut off point where it stops being good and then keeps going down.
0: And do you, is it because you don't find Daniel Craig charming enough? You find him brutal enough, but not charming enough? I or? love Daniel
1: Craig. I think he's brilliant. No. He, he's one of the best actors to play Bond, and he's he does the action perfectly, he does the charm perfectly. I really like him. I just think, much like with Pierce Brosnan, who I also really liked, um, I don't think I don't I don't think he's been served very well. I think mm. the um, yeah they go a certain percentage of the way, and I think the screenwriters that do these films. Are the same ones that's been there since it started to sort of go a bit stale with right. Bosman, and I, I, yeah, I mean, this film particularly, there's some great stuff in here, it, although it's um, undeserved, and we'll get there. Um, yeah, M- once it starts going down, I don't think it can write itself, and it, that's just my opinion. Anyway. Is it
0: also? But there is, I think, I have all the bonds. This is he is the one who's most burdened with melancholy yeah, throughout. Even right at the be. beginning, it's like going. I've never been happy person. Mm. That's why I went into driving motorbikes on trains. Yeah, It's just trying to distract me from the reality that life itself is pointless. I was at Eton, and I read the myth of Sisyphus, and I've realised that's life. You're just rolling the stone up. It doesn't always have to be a stone. Sometimes, <laughs> obviously, you're rolling. Maybe it's a stone that will then turn into some kind of action device, made mm-hmm. a laboratory for you. But nevertheless, there is perpetual existentialism.
1: And that's what I don't like about this Bond, because Bond has always been Lucky Jim. You know, he's always been... No, nothing's ever affected him as a person or as a character he does what he's got to do there's never a moment in a Bond film perhaps someone will correct me that I can think of where he's killed someone and then thought oh I feel really bad about that or yes. he's done something and thought he's seen women he loved or at least cared for being murdered in front of his eyes but he'll always mm. just move on and get on with the job whereas this one's just like Atlas it's just got this weight on his shoulders throughout the entire film and it's just quite difficult to watch sometimes yeah you just think no i want to have fun i don't want to share in your misery and yeah. this film is all this film annoys me because two films before this he's this young pup this rogue uses stupid young agent who doesn't think properly and just acts on instinct and in this film two films later he's all oh i'm really old and i should be mm. put out to pasture because i'm really old and it's like no you haven't you hadn't earned this if you, if you were carrying on And we hadn't rebooted everything in Casino Royale. And we'll get to another element of this later. But if you'd have just carried on as nothing had happened, because Bond is built on denial. Mm. One minute you're George Lazenby, then you're Sean Connery, then you're Roger Moore. And no one cares.
0: Well, also, it has the sitcom thing, which is a sitcom at the beginning of each episode of Steptoe and Son. Mm-hmm. There is not hanging over it. Yeah. The previous episode goes, oh, when you went and separated the house in two and blah, blah. It, that, yeah. that's all, that never happened. Exactly. The films of Steptoe and Son never happened. Uh, you know, all that. So, and I think that's, yeah, true of the Bond movies, which mm. is at the beginning of each one, here we go, it's Bond again. Mm-hmm. All baggage from previous film, you know, on A Majesty's Secret. I mean, there was no, you know, Diamonds Are Forever. Never really mentions the fact that, uh, yeah, shall obviously feeling so good, me, me wife, gosh, shall past. Well, people. he does it
1: at the beginning, but they give it like two minutes. Oh, barely. It and then it, every now and
0: again and he goes and looks at a grave in mm. some of the films and that kind of stuff. But I, d- I don't think it, it doesn't hang over no. as anything more than a brief sequence.
1: Whereas these films have treated each other like a sequel. Yeah. And I think they've slowly sort of gone into porridge. And then by the time you get to Spectre... Um, there's nowhere to go. And so they think they feel like they have to tie everything up and it doesn't work. But this film particularly, that's the thing that bothers me about this film is that we're treating it like he's an old man, but he's not. So hang on, which
0: ones? I'm just trying to think. So Diamonds Are Forever, mm-hmm. is it For Your Eyes Only, which starts with uh, a grave. the grave yeah. and then picking up Blofeld on the back of a helicopter yeah. and dropping him down? And a, the uh, next
1: time his wife's mentioned is in Licence to Kill, when right. uh, Felix's wife throws him her garter and Bond says no And gives it back And then he walks off And then Felix says He was married once And that's the only, only other time He gets mentioned Who was
0: Felix Leiter in that one? David Hedison It was David Hedison from, again? From Live
1: and Let Die i forgot
0: forgotten Hang they... on Well who was Felix Leiter In Thunderball then? Oh uh... Does Felix Leiter get killed In Thunderball? He gets eaten by a shark In the, in no, that's the
1: book in, doesn't he? The, in the book he does But in Licensed to Kill He gets eaten by a shark
0: Ah right okay
1: so This is what I was talking about With them borrowing Bits of other books
0: Yeah that is yeah. a confusing thing when you ever try and read the novels. Like, well, that bit in, that bit in, that bit. Mm.
1: Well, I think they approach the novels of that these are mostly shit, so we'll just can kind of make our own thing and borrow elements. So, anyway. So, Bond is in bed with a lady. Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: He's having a nice time, drinking a Heineken.
0: Oh, and this is the one where then Daniel Craig rings Margaret Thatcher.
1: That's for your eyes only.
0: Oh, it? OK. I just wanted okay. to check.
1: No, you're in Janet that, Brown. That,
0: by the way, is the worst. In terms of any of the worst Bond films, are any where Like, Octopus is probably, I think, the worst one.
1: Do you think? Yeah, well, we'll just because data, of the but... joke with sit! Oh, yeah. Involved yeah.
0: But uh, that bit where they. Uh, but the end of For Your Eyes Only, where you have. Um, Janet Brown. Janet Brown and. Uh, John Wells. John Wells, yeah. yeah. And an amusing parrot.
1: Yeah. Who says, Give us a kiss. Yeah. Give us a kiss. It's funny. Mm. And she says, oh, Mr. Bond. That's a
0: very odd thing. Yeah. Who was writing... The, there were some gag people on that weren't there? It wasn't Clement and Lafreni, was, was it? I was going to
1: say, well, no, that was um, Never Say Never Again.
0: Right, because Clement and Lafreni, I've got to say, uh, it's a fascinating thing, their careers, because that, that movie, The Bank Job, that they wrote, is bloody excellent. Mm. Anyway, sorry, yeah, so where's Bond?
1: Oh, he's in bed with a lady on a beach, right. and he's gone full Jason Bourne, because he's wandering right. up and down the beach saying, you know, who am I? What am I? Am I a weapon? Am I right. a person? I'm... I'm... See,
0: that's... But this is a modern thing, isn't it? This is this general thing in action films now. Mm. Because one of the things that I hate about a lot... Well, I don't hate something, but hate is ridiculous. I don't really care. He hates. But I don't generally... Superhero films, Mm -hmm. which are just superhero films, but then have a scene where it goes, never really got on with my dad. And that's... Doesn't matter. Yeah. Just keep... Sh- now, if it's done properly, like in Logan, mm. fine. Mm-hmm. That whole film is about those things. Yeah. But that bit of going, you know, and, and we can blame Alan Moore, possibly. I mean, mm. Alan Moore, who desperately hoped that with Watchmen, he would go, no, everything has to be rewritten about... So- no, don't just copy it. Oh, bloody hell, right? <laughs> that, that thing is... And, and I, I think that... <laughs> the need to create a, 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 a emotional, three-dimensional emotions when it's mainly motorcycle chases and action sequences mm. and and jeopardy. It's, we don't need it.
1: This is why Mission Impossible, in its current, the way it's going at the moment, with Chris McQuarrie, is getting it right. Because right. Ethan Hawke at no point is stopping and going, oh, I'm really depressed. He's just going out there, hanging off of helicopters, having motorcycle chases, and doing these amazing sequences that are just death-defying, you know. And Bond, in the meantime, is walking up and down a beach going, oh, I'm really depressed. Am I See, a weapon?
0: That's why, in terms of action films that actually deal with fucking melancholy and all that, mm. Takeshi Kitano, Japanese director and writer, who made film with Hanabai and Sonatai and stuff, so his films, he doesn't ever have to... There's, have you seen any Takeshi Kitano No, films? I haven't, no. He's bloody amazing, right? Mm. And they are the action, he's much better than... like. He has humour in them, because he's actually in Japan. He was best known, first of all, as as a comedian. Hmm. Um, but he makes these fantastic philosophical gangster movies. Um, the little moments that there will be... Like, there's one in Hanabai, it's never really mentioned that his wife's dying, but she's sitting in a hospital bed, and he's just sitting on the end of the bed. And they're just kind of looking. Nothing gets said, nothing's explained, but you get everything from it. Hmm. Whereas I think that what we do a lot with kind of... English language mainstream news is, is everything has to be overt and ex- explained. I've never been happy. A Thing happened. And life is more confusing than that anyway.
1: Mm. It sounds a bit like John Wick where you were saying... Oh, well, they it might be a bit of... Bit in John Wick, like, yeah. his wife dies, but you don't implicitly find out. I mean, you, they, it, it's suggested she has some sort of cancer or something. Yeah. And then he gets the dog and then you get that relationship thing with the dog and then the dog's killed and then he goes off on this massive revenge mission. But you never given any more than that and that's what's quite nice about it that's why people like it I think because it's a a double banger
0: yeah was was it because in the past people wanted escapism and go imagine being him mm. whereas now they go would well, you know the thing I'm glad about though mm. even though James Bond does have all that fun and action and sex he's not happy yeah is it because everyone no one wants anyone to be happy anymore
1: well, Bond used to be, wish you were here, and now it's, um, I wish I wasn't him.
0: <laughs>
1: um, so then we get Bond saying, uh, yeah, it goes for like a drinking game with a CGI scorpion on his arm. Yeah. Which always pisses me off. Because Bond's about doing things that you can't do. Yeah. You know, it's like, if, if this was the 70s and Roger Moore was having a scorpion on his arm, it would be an actual scorpion. Yeah. Imagine jumping over CG crocodiles in Live and Let Die. It would be rubbish. It's actually, someone did it. Anyway, so he does this drinking game, and then he sees on Exposition. Yeah, it it's
0: quite nicely filmed in its own way. It has a bit of a deer hunter kind of quality to it, but yeah. none of the actual. Well, we should yet. say
1: this film is Roger Deakins as the, cinematog- yeah. as the cinematography, so it looks fucking gorgeous at all times. But I
0: think it, of the last four films, I think it, uh, it looks the best. Oh, I without think it a
1: looks, doubt. yeah. I mean, we'll get to the bit I'm talking about later, but Jesus. Um, so then he sees on the news that MI6 has been bombed, and then he thinks, oh, I better go back. And then M is in her house, and then she's being dropped off, and she walks in, and then Bond's there. And he can't say the word duty. He says, 007 reporting for duty. 007 reporting for duty. It kind of stumbles out. I don't like it. That's just the thing. And um, he talks about how she said, take the bloody shot, and he's cross about it. She says, you know the rules. You've been playing the game long enough. And I thought, well, he hasn't. No, It's his third film. So that line's a bit of a clunker. Because again, this is what I'm talking about with this film, and we'll get to it later with his car, when he's got the gold Goldfinger car. Mm. Where the fuck's that come from? Where's he at that?
0: Well, is that part of the problem, then, which is really that either you want to go, look, make films like that. Yeah. Don't have the anxiety and the gadgetry.
1: And don't reboot it. Just carry on. Casino Royale would have worked just as well if it was Bond as Bond as we know him doing yeah. that mission. He doesn't have to be a young idiot. He could fall in love again and be be fooled by love again. He doesn't have to have him being rebooted, because then all the stuff in this doesn't work, because he's only... In this universe that we're in, I hate using that term, he's only been around for five minutes, and yet suddenly she's saying, you've been around long enough. He hasn't. Oh, so what I don't understand, right, is so they are monitoring
0: the whole world the whole time. They've got a bloody hard drive with everyone on it, yeah. but they didn't know that he was still alive.
1: Yeah, And
0: I know it doesn't matter in one way. This is the problem, right? Because I think I'm not one of those fans of someone going, I was watching one of the Terminator (laughs) films and actually, uh, really, according to the laws of physics, actually, if that time travel was possible. But the problem with these films now is that in one side, they want to go, this is reality, this Mm. is real, this is the emotional pain of being a murderer, a killer Mm. for hire, Mm. and they also want you to suspend your disbelief. So Mm. they want to both make it real... And they also want it to be as fake as it's ever been before.
1: Yeah, and they also want to have the reboot, but they also want to reflect on the previous instalments because it's the 50th anniversary. And I say, fuck off, you rebooted it, you live with it. (laughs) You shits. You're not shits, you're great, I love you. Um, So then uh, Bond's taken to the new digs because MI6 is unstable. So they've gone to this underground Churchill's... What does he say? This is part of Churchill's bunker. Yeah. And they're still finding all sorts of tunnels down here. I don't believe that. And then Bond's having like... A, he's being briefed during a workout, so he's doing sit-ups and chin-ups, and he's shooting. And while uh, Rory Kinnear's talking to him, which would be hell, wouldn't it? Imagine doing that while someone's telling you stuff. It's bad enough, like, you're trying to pay attention while you're doing this podcast. Uh, and then he's psychoanalyzed with word association games. Skyfall is the one that trips him up. And at this point in time, we don't know what that means. So it's lots of speculation when the title came out on the internet. Everyone was like, oh, it's to do with a fallen satellite. But it actually turns out it's the name of a house.
0: But also, this, uh, do you know what? Because we talked before, and you said, think of a name for a, a Bond film. Mm. And it's funny, when you look at them, there are no films that have this chain of, frankly, preposterous names. No. That somehow a Bond movie can have... Because it's very hard to think of a spoof name, because you either come up with something that sounds like a Western, yeah. or something that sounds like science fiction, or something mm. that sounds like martial arts movie. But, you know, from Doctor No, from Russia With Love... Uh, And then from that point onwards, Goldfinger Thunderball, Spy Who Loved Me, Die Another Day... Good one. Yeah, but but they are all kind of... They are... Once they were done by Austin Powers, it's very hard to spoof Hmm. that nature of... So, yeah, Skyfall has... Everyone is meant to be tremendously enigmatic, isn't it? But actually, Skyfall, if it was... the, The thing is, the title of the film really is... James Bond film yeah. isn't it and yeah. that's it so that's why they're then allowed to have any title they want because it's a James Bond film
1: yeah I mean because you know when the title gets released shortly before it comes out it's always known as Bond and what number it is yeah. and like you say people just think I have a Bond film but I find Skyfall a bit of a dud title
0: I don't know because it's so wrapped up in the packaging of being a Bond film that I almost don't see the title at all Just go Skyfall
1: it bothers it's me a fun. bit bothers me it's the same as Spectre it's just such a sort Spectre's of
0: Spectre's bad yeah. because Spectre's now just going through the back catalogue and going oh yeah Spectre they're mm. one of the things aren't they I yeah. suppose it's
1: because they, they, they previously wanted to go through and get some Fleming titles that hadn't been used like Quantum of Solace but there's not many good ones left no. there's like James Bond in New York Property of a Lady or Risoco or something
0: Abbott Costello meet James 007 yeah. Sean Connery
1: and Frankenstein Yeah, yeah that would be better than Spectre um so um he's he's being psychoanalysed and he walks out when Skyfall's said, so something's amiss there. Mm. And Ray Fines is not happy because Bond doesn't seem like he's ready. And Ray Fines is now M's boss. Yeah. He's chairman of the committee. Whatever.
0: Well, this is about uh, meant to be that whole thing, oh I can't believe it. That's just all bloody middle management, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you yeah. can't have a proper murdering organisation anymore, can it's you? Micromanagement, isn't it? Uh. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so then he bumps into Money Penny, and she they basically have a bit of banter about the fact that she shot him and nearly killed him. Because that's funny. Yeah. yeah. It, that happens all the time. Uh, it's like putting the wrong milk in the fridge. And then, um, so Bond is then told he's back on active service. Because he passed his test. Yeah. Except he didn't. Didn't pass his test. He Don't wouldn't why... have ever
0: passed the test, would he? Of course he? he wouldn't. He looks like no. a
1: fucking wino. How the fuck is he ever going to pass his test?
0: That's that lovely the that people have done various essays where they've actually covered how much. I think in one of the chapters of From Russia with Love, I can't remember how much he drinks. Mm. But you go, he would have been beyond incompetence at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I suppose it doesn't matter.
1: No, he gets the job done. No. And I guess that's what Em's thinking. He may be falling apart. He maybe can't shoot straight and maybe shit at everything. But, you know, he's the best agent I've got. What the fuck are the rest of them like? Are the rest of them like Alex Higgins?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oliver Reed and his, you know during the filming of Gladiator
0: oh uh, was he oh yeah. yeah the night before he had a big yeah. he,
1: went to a, he went to a pub called The Pub I love that The Pub was called The Pub so anywhere you could pick Oliver Reed to die at a place called The Pub Cause it kind of sounds like heaven Oliver Reed died in The Pub uh, yeah he was having a drinking game with some sailors which again mm. is just poetically beautiful yeah. Um, so then Bond goes back to active service. Mallory tells him, don't cock it up. And then Bond gets the shrapnel out of his chest where the shooter baddie shot him earlier and gets it analysed. And they manage to trace it back to the shooter. Don't know how that works. Some sort of radiation in there, I believe.
0: Yeah, but that's uranium. Like that, when, when when Paul Merton used to talk about the, uh, the, the bits that annoyed him in those, where they go, hang on a minute, wind that back a bit. Yeah. zoom in you go you can't do that yeah the pixel technology wasn't there then zoom enhance yeah yeah it's just made a blurry thing
1: it's now just a big mess yeah um so anyway they then uh he then uh is told go and report to your new quartermaster and we meet paddington Q. what yeah. do you think of the new Q?
0: um well there's it's a difficult thing isn't it the, the i don't know why we need youth all no. the time right no. And I think Desmond Llewellyn was... This, there's something there's something rather lovely about all of those actors who the predominant work they did was that once every... Well, one year and then once every two years. Yeah. And I don't really know what...
1: You didn't the, get Desmond Llewellyn popping up in a Michael Jackson video, did you? He just no. did Bond.
0: I mean, he pops up in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, but then yeah. again, that's by Ian Fleming that's and like, Roald Dahl. So it's it's yeah. the same gang.
1: Yeah. Made by the same people.
0: And with the same level of sadism. Absolutely. That's the thing There is still... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they were weird. Um, so, yeah, I'm not keen on the younger Q, but I'll give him a chance until he says about his first cup of Earl Grey, which I wanted to put my foot through the telly.
0: Well, I was thinking that actually what I'd like to see is an old Doctor Who Bond, where you'd have Capaldi as M, hmm. Matt Smith as Q, and Tennant as Bond.
1: I'm not sure about Matt Smith as Q, though.
0: I think he, I think that kind of boffin-y character that he plays. But, I, yeah, I would prefer to have older... I mean, my favourite one is...
1: Professor uh, Q.
0: Yeah, but Alec McCowan's still my favourite.
1: What from Never Say Never Again? I just
0: love that. Oh, he's
1: terrible.
0: Now that you're back, Mister Bond, (laughs) I hope we can look forward to some gratuitous sex and violence. I hope so too. That's a great. uh, But it's just because I love Alec McCowan. I love the fact that Alec McCowen would would on This Is Your Life. He said that it had to be talked about the fact his his uh, his partner, and that it shouldn't be covered up. That he, his male partner and all that kind of stuff. That oh, he was, that's yeah, nice. Yeah, and, uh, and I think Alec McCann was a great actor as well. But I know, I know he's not a great cue. But it's, and that is one of the strangest... Again, that point where you go, you're allowed to nod at the camera, mm. it, metaphorically, but the, now that you're back, the gratuitous sex and violence, is one of the odder moments in... I imagine Clement and Lafrance, that and Rowan
1: Atkinson. I was going to say there's a lot of odd moments in Never Say Never Again.
0: Do you know what? I haven't watched it for a long time, but I I tried a while ago, and I'd forgotten that it doesn't really work as a as a a bomb. Well, but then again, that was again, it's an 80s film. So what the that was up against what Octopussy? Yeah,
1: yeah. How it's the thing about Never Say Never Again when you think about it. How can you possibly not beat Octopussy? Yeah, it's a terrible. It's not a great bomb film. Is it worse than Octopussy? It is, definitely. But anyway, so we get Paddington Q, and he talks about his Earl Grey, and he gives Bond a gadget which he's had before, which I was a bit annoyed about. Basically says, this is your gun, and only you can use it. And I thought, licence to kill, he had one of them.
0: I I have to admit, I find the general... The Q rules, which are weird... Because I know in a film you always have to have that moment where someone is you just see them they're just playing with a box of matches oh two hours later they set fire to a thing whatever yeah. it might be yeah. and I, I feel that the cue thing is such a kind of how can we make sure this is set up we have a whole scene mm. explaining that later on your magnetic watch will actually be thwarted by the way that the boat is tied to whatever it might be I, mm. I, I, I could happily lose the cue character altogether now I also think things have they've, they've moved on they've just got some kind of programme that just keeps churning out these different things and they just come out of a box I prefer it to be like a vending machine.
1: Right, Okay. so like a virtual Q. Yeah. I like Q as a character, and I think he's good in the films, but I don't like the new Q. I like the actor, I like Ben Wilshire a Mm. lot, but I don't think they used him very well. Who
0: was Q before him? John Cleese. John
1: Cleese. Um, So he takes his gun and he goes to Shanghai. Oh, and he says, Q says to him, and when he gives him his gun and a radio, Bond says, not very exciting, and then Q says... Were you expecting an exploding pen? I'm afraid we don't go in for that anymore. Why not? Hmm. Why not? They're just as valid now as they were. Are you saying that baddies don't die from explosives anymore?
0: Or is it because they always know? you got a pen, take the pens off him.
1: He's given him a gun. What does what, What's a gun do? It shoots bullets. What about a pen? pen might be a pen, might be a bomb.
0: That was still my favourite thing when your dad's old watch broke. Mm. And it exploded? Uh, no, just yeah. when, you, when you had all the things that you could get around the house, things that no longer worked, and you could put them in a little briefcase and you would pretend it was your special little Bond ah, case. Ah, you pretend to be Bond.
1: Yeah. yeah, that is good. I had that when, when I'd find dead women around the house. Yeah, yeah, anyway. of course, yeah. Yeah. It's um, so,
0: like that paint again.
1: But I would as well with New Q, because I don't know if you know about this, but old Q had giant hands, like sausage fingers.
0: What, Desmond New well,
1: Desmond New Go back and watch. His hands were like giant sausages like, really disgusting, disgustingly make you feel sick I've never hands. noticed that. Oh, they're horrific. With these really weird nails as well. Just horrible. So I would like it as a, a touch, because this film's obviously nodding to previous films. If New Q had, like, giant wobbly pink hands, like Mr Tickle, that would be amazing. Um, so Bond goes to Shanghai, finds the baddie, follows him, and then we get some lovely Roger Deakins work with the neon lights yeah. coming through the windows. Looks stunning. And then we find the baddie who... Um, is shooting a man who's looking at a painting was it Brian Sewell oh lovely Brian Sewell is that how he died I love Brian Sewell this is a lovely painting now
0: he's in fact that links brilliantly with uh, betraying spies as well because in uh, one of uh, the Brian Sewell uh, autobiographies one of the outsider books mm. um, he was very close to friends with Anthony Blunt and helped kind of uh, shelter him when uh, the press were after him Jesus so all links
1: yeah, all links yeah
0: it's all spies mate all spies bloody Sewell Just have another crisp sorry
1: have some more crisps um, so Bond, uh, they have a little, little bit of a fight. He dangles the baddie over the uh
0: But precipice. he is a great baddie, isn't he?
1: What, this fellow he's fighting? Yeah. He's all right? Why, are you thinking of the main Oh, baddie? no, he's
0: not that one. Sorry, carry on. No,
1: he's not silver yeah. yet. No, 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 that's fine. We're in, we're in bronze. Yep. Um, so he dangles him over, and then he says, who, who hired you? And it reminds me a bit of the bit in Austin Powers where he's saying, who does number two work for? Uh, but he's dangling him over there, and he, he lets him go, and he falls to his death. And then he sees Severine the beautiful Bond yeah. girl who we'll get to in a bit and then he finds a Macau casino coin in the baddies' suitcase and heads to Macau so he goes to Macau and he meets Moneypenny uh, and she tells him that the spy names are being posted online and then she helps him shave erotically Daniel Craig's hair in this I don't know if you noticed this it's very short like he's in the army and I find with Daniel Craig that when he has very short hair his head looks enormous Mm. And in this film, his head looks enormous. He's got very short hair, as I just said. And that scene where she's shaving his head, particu- uh, shaving his face, even, it really makes it stand out that he's got a giant head. And I find it quite distracting. He needs slightly longer hair. Casino Royale's a good length. Quantum of is all right.
0: Not and as long as when he was in the uh, film version of Blue Orange.
1: No. no. Or Our Friends from the North. Mm. Very long hair in that.
0: Now, that's one of the strange things. Why was Sean Connery always in real life he was happy to be bald yeah. and yet he nearly always wore a toupee in films he was always, nearly always made to wear a toupee even though the people must have known that no one cared because they all knew he was bald hmm. Brian Murphy from Georgia Mildred, yeah, bald in Georgia Mildred, Mildred yeah. but normally wears a piece in real life
1: does he really yeah
0: odd that wears a hat now well, of course but before that he used to wear a piece and I thought that's funny isn't
1: it like the edge because everyone knows you're bald like the edge oh does he well, everyone knows he's bald he oh yeah that's a... true he wore a beanie to his daughter's wedding Oh, that's weird. That's weird. Just we know you're bald. I haven't seen your hair in thirty years. I'm assuming you're bald.
0: I we need we need more bald uh, heroes. We need more um, Brian Murphy. Real, yeah.
1: He'd be a good M.
0: Brian Murphy, very uh, George and Mildred, <laughs> very good. Uh, it's Program. actually a, a sitcom that is because of *Youth of Joyce* and uh, Norman Eshley as well, who is uh, was did some fascinating. He Jeffrey did four Jeffrey Formal, yeah, Norman Ashley was um, uh, in, what's it called, Blind Terror, the Mia Farrow uh, uh, horror movie about uh, a blind woman being terrorised.
1: Good he title. Had,
0: he had quite he had quite an interesting start. So I was, oh no, look, sorry, got to go back to this, haven't we?
1: Well, Nicholas Bondone was in George and Mildred, who's a hero of mine. One of the greatest child actors of our generation.
0: Oh, they'd often do a nice little piece about him in the TV times. Do they? Oh, they used to, yeah, in the old days, in the 70s, obviously. Not as so much now. Nicholas
1: okay. uh, no, James Bondone, I, mean, I call him that would
0: have been part very interesting yeah me. if it could have only been given to people with the uh, dressed name. as a
1: cowboy with glasses on yep as <laughs> he was in the 70s <laughs> he'd have been a good Bond um, so yeah Bond goes to the Macau Casino and meets Money Penny, as I said um, and then um, he arrives at the casino amazing sequence as he comes in on the boat Pinewood Backlot you would never fucking know it because you've got all these wonderful dragon neon dragons and everything as he comes in on that little boat to so this wonderful Thomas Newman score it's brilliant in this film And uh, he arrives, and then we get greeted with a CGI Kimono kimono Dragon. Kimono or Komodo? I can never remember. Komodo. Komodo. Kimono Dragon reveal. Kimono
0: Dragon offers a very different uh, selection of possibilities to Komodo Dragon. Only one, Death.
1: Well, Kimono Dragon wears a little dressing gown. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Um, So then Bond gets paid for the job by handing in the Macau chip. Four million euros. Lovely not bad and and then he meets severine again and she knows he killed patrice who is that baddie and bond wants to meet her employer who we later find out is silver and she gets very scared about that then he's going she says meet me in my boat in an hour but i reckon you're gonna get killed because all these people that are looking after me are gonna kill you so she walks off and then bond fights all the baddies hits them with his suitcase and then gets in a fight with one next to the komodo dragon and it drags him off but it looks so fake why can't they've got a real Komodo dragon? Oh, you can't really. Why not? Because well, they really are dangerous. Yeah, but couldn't you get one that's trained? No, they don't. You can't train a bloody Komodo dragon. Yes, you
0: can. You cannot train a Komodo dragon. Yes, you can. No, Why I not? would not. I would. I wouldn't go for that if I was you. I would. No, I'll tell you who'd have been a great James Bond, by the way, David Attenborough. If you've ever seen the footage of him going to actually see Komodo dragons, the first time they were put on film, uh, where he basically found himself on a boat, which turned out was actually some pirate who was on the run and didn't even know where he was actually sailing, and they had no food whatsoever. They just had to drink seawater and eat whatever they could catch. Mm. Uh, And then eventually he gets to the island and shows you the Komodo dragon. Now there, there was a real James Bond.
1: I've seen it when a gorilla farts next to him. Was that in a Bon film?
0: That is not... Well, probably one of the early 80s ones, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's an odd job.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, That's the I, one where it ends up tied in a crate, doesn't it, with Jamie Lee Curtis dressed as a, uh, yeah. a Swedish milkmaid. Swedish milkmaid, whatever,
1: yeah, Yeah. whatever. Yeah, doesn't fart.
0: Now, that film doesn't date well. Trading Places? Oh, I don't think so. No.
1: No, problematic.
0: No, there's some great bits in it. I remember going to see that in a West End cinema, having sit on a pile of books my dad had bought because I was a little bit too small to see.
1: Your dad yeah. took you to see Trading Places. Yeah. How old were you?
0: 14. <gasps> it's all right. That's all right. I know it's 15, but saw uh, some breasts. Uh, that was mean? the worst bit.
1: Oh, now they know. So you your dad know? pick up one of the books and start reading them. Yeah. That's what my dad used to do. Er- er- erotic <laughs> bits. what's on telly tonight, anyway. That's that's one of my fears my a child is when you'd watch a film where you'd have quite a lengthy sex scene yeah. Halloween 3 stands out in my mind Ooh, watching what? that with my parents it's quite a lengthy Halloween sex scene Halloween 3? Season of the Witch
0: where's the oh yeah
1: it's quite a lengthy one I remember my dad literally asking if anyone wanted some tea or reading a paper that was the hits
0: Halloween 2 has got uh, and Halloween they're all they're all jackeders jacked Yeah. all of
1: them yeah it was a proper landmine when you were a kid.
0: Yeah, and also, the basic message of it is, uh, if you have sex, you will either be killed mm-hmm. or actually be turned into a clockwork robot by a mad toy maker.
1: Yeah. Well, issues. Which one would you rather have, the robot? I mean, either you lose I'd your... be
0: fascinated to be end up being a yeah clockwork robot made by yeah. a mad toy maker. Erotic one? No, I don't have to be erotic. No? Just general, you know, gardening and stuff. Yeah? That'd be fine for me.
1: Do you like gardening? No. 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 I
0: mean, it's not that I don't like it, I'm busy. I am reckon when I have time, I'd love to do it.
1: If you were clockwork, though, you wouldn't have a choice.
0: Well, I mean, the free will or the illusion of free will within the clockwork toy is still something that's hotly de- debated by Dan Dennett, so we'll find out.
1: We've abandoned clockwork, haven't we? Yeah. We've gone for proper robots.
0: Yeah, which is a pity, because I think in the end the clockwork will...
1: It's our peril, that's, that's our detriment. It's the,
0: it's the simple nature of repair and the lack of recharging that will make them.
1: It's going yep. to be the you know the doomsday of man. We're going to turn around and go. We forgot about Clockwork, didn't we? Idiots. Because they're going and to
0: and the cuckoo clock
1: and the cuckoo clock. And one of them. All all one has to do is hold a pistol. Every hour, shoot one person. <laughs> You're in trouble.
0: Yeah. So anyway, the Komodo dragons dragged him away.
1: Yeah, and then he leaves Moneypenny there to be murdered. He just goes see you later, and everyone knows he's with her, and he just leaves her there. It's not nice. So he goes and meets Severine on her boat. She's a bit sad because she thinks he's dead. Yeah. And she sees him as a way out of her horrible life. And then he creepily gets into a shower in the, na- in, the, in the naked, in the nude. It wasn't asked.
0: I think you can still see how you were affected by seeing that nude scene with your dad, by the fact you say in the naked. In the naked. I think just little things like that <laughs> show the Freudian effect.
1: So then um, he creepily gets in the shower there in the naked.
0: And, um, see, I think that that those bits could have kind of been dropped now if you are going to reinvent things i'm not into especially as we were saying earlier when we were in the pub mm. the uh the fact that uh when we were kids right there were these saucy scenes right, but mm. you're also quite young, and it's all a bit, but now it's all kind of for old people because you can't go and see it anyway because it's all sweary and extremely violent, so they're not kids' films anymore, and just lose all the let Bond just have a whole. Wouldn't it be amazing a whole film where he doesn't do it at all
1: with anybody? Would anyone care? Quantum of Solace. Do people still care? He doesn't do it with anybody in that.
0: Yeah, but he's thinking about it, isn't he? Oh yeah.
1: You yeah, can see that. Probably wanking a lot. Yeah, yeah. We don't see it. But what? It might be my age, but I'm watching Skyfall, right? You only know gets on the boat with Severine in her shower. Yeah. She's got one of those wet rooms in, in on a boat, and it's my age. I just thought that's a nice shower on a yeah. boat. You know, you'd want you're on a boat. You'd expect the bare minimum, wouldn't you? Like one of those bags with water in it.
0: That would have been better seen, though, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Because they're quite cold and sterile, not very sexy. Lots of goosebumps and nipples, but yeah, yeah, a little
0: bit where he's just picking out where the moss has started to grow between. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah Whilst trying to maintain an erection. Yeah, <laughs> saying you know. Well, in
0: fact, I... it, ma- it makes him maintain it more. Well, you reckon? yeah, he, he, he loves looking at bits of moss being picked out of cement. Cool. Yeah. Just thinking about it now. Yeah.
1: Give me the horn. Um, so MI6 is in crisis, uh, which is on the news. Yep. and uh, we hear that the opposition has taken a position. So it's definite fiction, right? Uh, satire, yeah, nice, satire. nice, yeah, got it in there. Good. <laughs> Have I got news for you? You'll be on the phone soon. So then, M. Um, she needs to appear before an inquest to explain about the hard drive. And uh, Bond is on a boat called the Chimera, which I like liked the name which is like a kind of... Do you remember that Charles Dance program called Chimera? It was brilliant. It was good. What
0: a brutal end to... Uh, that, now, there, again, something we were talking about earlier, but brutal mm. ends to uh, uh, shows. If you've not seen Chimera, I think it was, was it two or three-part? I think it was three-part. It's about a... Uh, Monkey boy. Yeah, a guy who basically splices genetic material and uh, his son is actually part gorilla.
1: Mm.
0: And uh, and it helped understand ideas. Because I remember watching it and going, why is it done that? And they go, well, because a, uh, a, an animal would um, destroy those that were seen as kind of the, the mutant offspring. Mm. The weak mutant offspring. And because this is predominantly human looking half gorilla, then uh, the mother kills him.
1: Doesn't bode well, does yeah. it? Doesn't end well for Charles Dance if I remember rightly.
0: Well he loses his son, his son's beaten to death by his gorilla, so his gorilla has to be put down as well. That's right. Isn't that it?
1: I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, the I this is uh, I got really annoyed by this. It still annoys me now. They go to Silver's Island, which is fucking mm. great. It's this giant island that is completely empty because he spread some sort of story about radiation. So everybody left. Silver's got the whole fucking place to himself. What a place to have the climactic battle in a Bond film. But we're there for what, ten minutes? Barely, yeah. If that, so he goes to see Silver, and this is a great monologue. He comes down in the lift, and gives this great monologue about rats on an island, putting it in the barrel. A lovely, um, you know, metaphor for him and Bond being these last two rats who have to eat each other. And um, we get a bit about Bond saying, you know, I've I've had some gay experiences, which is fun. And then Silver, as a baddie, being effective and interesting, ends at that point for me. Right. Because I think after that, he falls into the trope of just being a generic baddie. Mm. Because he spends five minutes going, I can destabilise a government from this room, I can uh, blow up MI6 from this room, and then after this scene, he's, he's like, well, I'm going to catch it on purpose, so I can walk up to M and, M and shoot her in the face with a gun.
0: Mm.
1: Why? Well, revenge. Yes, but you can do revenge remotely.
0: No, you can't. You need to look her in the eye.
1: I don't think that's right. Oh, OK. I think it's wrong.
0: He's not well.
1: He's he, he's he's all right. He's got blonde he's hair. Well, what do you think about his blonde hair? It doesn't suit him.
0: No, that's why it's great. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I, I think the blonde hair is perfect. It makes him look really. There's something so wrong about that. Mm. And I think he's one of the best actors
1: to play the villain. Fantastic. Yeah, he's brilliant in this because
0: but... he brings some of that. Uh, what he has with No Country for Old Men yeah. he brings some uh, just uh, the difference of course being No Country for Old Men beautiful thing of no explanation mm-hmm. just a guy who appears to have psychopathic traits yeah. well more than traits
1: Something in goes um, out you know nothing about yeah, him
0: and, that is be- and this of course has the full backstory to it but he has now become that figure yeah. of, 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 of malice and this I mean that, that's what I think is quite interesting about it is there is a point where you kind of go, well do you know what I can see wise cross hmm. um, but that said, this is very much a profession of duplicity mm-hmm. and if you are expecting you know great kind of perks uh, you know post gig perks et etc mm-hmm. it's not going to happen yeah. if you're expecting honesty reliance dependability, you went into the wrong game.
1: Yeah, you need to join a union.
0: Yeah. yeah. You should become a gardener. Yeah. You've done work with moss.
1: Or a clockwork. Yeah, Nelson.
0: or, or be, yeah, just work with clockwork figures, yeah. maybe.
1: Clockwork orange. I don't know why I said that, sorry. Where just is a
0: different other attachment to clockwork. Oh, it's clockwork.
1: fine, yeah. yeah. Um, so then uh, Bond is taken by Silver outside and Severine's there. She's been beaten up a bit. Mm. Which is a bit sad. And uh, he's got to shoot a whiskey glass off her head. Oh, so again, Scott. I
0: don't like all of that stuff. No. This is a problem. Is I still prefer the idea of it being fun and silly, mm. uh, or just that the brutality? <clears throat> because ultimately, whatever they say, however real they make it, yeah, in the end, you're seeing that level of brutality in a piece of escapist entertainment. Yeah, and I would rather it was escapist. Me too. If we're going to do that,
1: but anyway, long story short, Bond misses, Silver shoots her dead. And then Bond and the guards have a shootout. And Silver basically says, How are you going to get out of here? And Bond says, Oh, he says, How are you going to get out of here on your own? And he says, What do you think I'm. Why do you think I'm alone? He lifts up his radio transmitter that Q gave him, and loads of British helicopters with Union Jacks all over them, which looks ridiculous. Turn up to take Silver away. But it's part of Silver's plan to be caught, which pisses me off because it's the same plot as The Avengers, which I think came out the year before, and The Dark Knight, which came out a couple of years before that they borrowed that plot element i never why does
0: he have to be cool
1: because he wants to get close to Wem, i guess
0: but it could have worked again i'm you're right actually on this mm. he could have done that anyway
1: oh, absolutely
0: yeah oh who's that sitting in my house oh hello yeah exactly oh now i'll get caught then i'll take out my funny teeth and show you my oh i've got a horrible face
1: yeah if he, had if she had one of those doorbell things you see on the adverts you know you can see on an mm. app on your phone he you could have hacked that and got in her house exactly easy um, so then, yeah, the silver's taken back to the HQ, and uh, he shows M how cyanide melted his face, like you said. Yeah. And how does he was...
0: cyanide actually melt a face? Then
1: I don't know. I've never taken it. I don't think many people have and lived. So it's
0: basically I can't remember this bit because it was it. So it was in his false tooth. Yep.
1: And he bites it, but it doesn't work or something, right. and it just leaves him scarred. Right. But she leaves him in Hong Kong, and like you were saying earlier, that is the job, though, isn't it? She says yeah. to him, "That's the job. Yeah. You sign up to be a spy. If you get caught." they're not going to come and say oh he's ours we're going to come mm-hmm. and get him they fucking leave them there Yeah. they always have done so he, in, in a way he's just being a bit of a diva then we got loads of annoying polymorphic bollocks with Q yeah. looking in Silver's laptop I hate this bit because there's this complete fucking mumbo jumbo going on on the TV screen and mom's like pause it what does that say and it's some underground station they haven't used for years really grand no, Road oh no
0: now we've set off the thing that makes everything mad and Q just goes
1: oh shit it's like yeah. no no and then Bond goes through all the tunnels to chase Silver and they go in the underground and there's an exciting chase which isn't that interesting really and um, it ends up with Silver throwing an underground train at Bond
0: wouldn't that be an amazing Bond film where no one chases anything mm-hmm. they're just there where they're meant to be yeah and then they have a bit of a kind of psychological to do yeah and they just play some games like kind of rainy day games
1: or like Monopoly yeah yeah Probably wouldn't bring in the Bucks, though, would it?
0: No, I don't know if I'm, I'm interested. I think it might have a... maybe. It's a bit... actually, the bit with the tube train thing is mm. all right as an action sequence, I think. Isn't it? there's,
1: a, there's a Bondy moment in there where he jumps on the back of the train and that man goes, oh, he was obviously needed to get the train. And then Bond says, open the door. That yeah. woman who looks really shocked. And then he says, Health in-, he says uh, safety inspection. Carry on and walks off. That's a Bond moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like
0: I, th- that. I feel that's quite good. You know, I, I'm I'm re- genu- generally I'm quite a fan of a lot of the kind of uh, underground, whether it's New York subway or yeah. American underground uh, or a London underground rather. I um, I, I enjoy sequences like that. Always oh, um, getting his head near the tracks, all of that
1: stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Bond runs in to save the day, shoots some fire extinguishers to create a smoke screen, mm. and then he grabs M. Right, throws her into a car, drives off. Rory Kinnear sees it happen, doesn't see who's driving, by the way, and just kind of goes, oh, what if that was silver? Mm. Terrible. But anyway, Bond rings Q and says, leave a trail of digital breadcrumbs to hide our tracks. I'm taking M somewhere else. Mm. Now, this is the bit that pisses me off the most, right? He's supposed to be protecting M. Why not, if you're leaving a trail of breadcrumbs for silver to follow, drop her off in a Premier Inn in Hull. Yeah. Drive to Scotland. They won't stop in Hull. They'll go to Scotland to get Bond but he's yeah but
0: I mean what he's thinking is don't worry where I'm taking you there is uh, a, a gamekeeper who is impervious <sighs> to anything
1: <laughs> who's a hundred years old yeah he's a hundred years old one shotgun yeah and a bullet and a, a Cala gas can yeah we're going to be alright this right. is
0: going to work so well
1: and he does he takes her to Skyfall and we get lost. oh when he takes her in he's fucking Aston Martin which annoys me more than anything it's the Goldfinger one and they even make the joke when he's moaning at her that he uh, uncaps the gear stick with a button Yep. And she's like, oh, fine, shoot me out. I'm like, how the fuck do you know about it? And that's a, that's a car from 50 years ago. What are you doing, film? So they drive all the way to Scotland and we get some a nice Roger Deakins vistas of Scotland. And they go to Skyfall. We meet Kincaid, Albert Finney, who talks about Bond being an orphan, which, which makes me Brian think of Annie.
0: was amazed by um, the fact Albert Finney turned up in this.
1: I think it's a Sam Mendes, thing, isn't it?
0: Because he barely does anything now. No. So, someone said once, there was a rather lovely... Uh, about, about 30 years ago, there was, there, someone said there was a point where Albert Finney decided he preferred lunch to acting. <laughs> and, and you do see some of those lovely interviews where it's just, uh, where would you like to be interviewed, Albert? I This, this is a very good... Run.
1: Um, so, Kincaid definitely wants to screw him, we think. Yeah. He's, he's taken by it. He calls her Emma, which is quite yeah. a funny little joke, because he's so old and stupid. And he basically tells Bond they've got... Oh, he t- talks about his priest hole. And he says that Bond hid in there for two days after his parents died... And when he came out, he wasn't a boy anymore. Did you do a lot of wanking? Is that what mm. we're saying?
0: Again, I don't like any of these things that kind of give you the whole psychological... I mean, no. that's why I'm not a fan of... You know, Hannibal Lecter is a great character. until so we mm. go, well, actually, yeah. let's think about why Hannibal... Is. Now, in real life, we should spend a lot more time thinking about why people have become what they've become. But in fiction cannibal land, we don't need to worry.
1: This is why, when people go to... People often say to me, Skyfall it's the best bomb film. It's not a bomb film. No. Really, really, really not a Bond film. It's a melodrama. To be
0: honest, right, listeners, let's make it... Right. The reason I had to choose this one was mm-hmm. I was quite busy earlier on in the year. Yeah. And all the ones I'd have chosen, he, he's done. Yeah. So basically, I went, I'm free this week. He went, Skyfall week. I went, brilliant. I've seen that in three parts in premier inns in the wrong order.
1: But you were vociferous. You said, I want to defend that.
0: Well, the trouble is, the time you tweeted me, I had a lot of brandy and uh, I was gung-ho and full of chutzpah.
1: You were,
0: but I do quite like it. I mean, that's the thing. But I think I like it because I'm not a huge fan of. uh, I think the reason, for instance, I didn't really like Lazarus, the David Bowie musical, is because I'm a huge fan of the man who fell to earth. Yeah, and I don't like musicals where you go. These lyrics don't actually mean anything. It's a god awful small affair. It's not though. It's got nothing to do with the plot. You're just singing a song now. Got nothing Mm. to do with it. So in the so I think my fondness sometimes for things will get in the way. Whereas this, because I no longer. Really give a jot about the Bond films? Yeah, I thought of of all of the of the recent ones. I mean, to be fair, I do think I prefer Casino Royale.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, Out of the four Daniel Craig's, yeah. Um, Actually, no, Skyfall. I do. There are bits in it that I really like. I think it is one of the best villains, um, and I love the fact that I went all with Albert Finney.
1: Yeah, Yeah.
0: and Uh, I like to see because there's more Judi Dench.
1: Albert Finney though is a fucking idiot, and he gets Judi Dench killed. It is kind of his fault, isn't it? It is. He has his torch on, and Silver sees it. Fucking old tit.
0: But that's not really... The reason he gets killed, as you said already, is she gets killed, is because she's oh, not yeah. dropped off at the premiere. Yeah, in.
1: he should have dropped her off at the premiere. Premiere in again.
0: It's a little bit like the Sean and the, the thing, bed. isn't it? Yeah. Which is uh, where that lovely moment where they go, if you really look at that film, what you realise is, Sean gets everyone killed. Yeah. It doesn't save anyone. No. It's a terrible plan. If they'd stayed in those flats, they would have been fine. Yeah. Oh, and I would say that Penelope Wilton's death in Shaun of the Dead is up there with Judi Dench's death in Skyfall. Yes, yeah, very sad. Uh, well, very sad. Bond
1: man. doesn't have to shoot uh, Judi Dench in the face, though, does he? No, 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 no. I wish he had in the beginning. Uh, and at this point, um, also, uh, Judi Dench drops the F bomb, mm. which means you can't ever show this on Bank Holiday Mondays. Yeah. Thanks, Judi Dench. I really fucked this up, didn't I? She says. Well, I don't care about you, Em. Go away. Go and get in your office and come but back. But
0: I presume this is a little bit like I remember when a friend of mine was working with Unisubs and she swore, and uh, there was such a frisson of excitement, at hmm. her swearing, and he couldn't believe when the uh, um, sound man had actually deleted that take because that was going to be his ringtone. Unisub swearing. So I, th- I suppose. Did she But drop then an again, air that, for is, a... is that part of the kind? Is is it a childish moment of excitement about we made Judy Dent swear or not? I don't know.
1: I don't know. So Silver's men arrive, and then Bond in his. Goldfinger car that shouldn't exist shoots them all and uh, then oh well we also get the Home Alone montage yeah. <laughs> which you yeah, so I'm, I bet someone's done this and I'm sorry if they have done and I haven't seen it but you know the little montage where they're built, putting stuff around the house you could put that setting a trap music from Home Alone yeah put that over it, it'd be lovely um, so they, they all arrive they start coming in the house and all these little booby traps go off like uh, M turns on the lights that the full of see screws. Albert
0: Finney was good there I know he was silly with the torch but he's good on the booby trap
1: does he shoot anybody?
0: No, but it's, yeah, with the booby traps, there is booby trap ideas, aren't they? Well, no, I don't think so. Oh, he yeah, quite a few of them.
1: There's a bit where Bond rolls out that childish cartoon map that he's made, like in Home mm. Alone. Yeah, and they get paint pots on their head. Sorry, I know everyone says it's Home Alone, but it is fucking Home Alone. There's no getting away from that. It fucking is. Um, so Em and Kincaid escape in the priest hole, which sounds like a seventies film. And um, Silver looks a bit like Milo Yannopoulos, you know? Oh yeah, the bright bird guy. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's him. In- Intentional. Uh, and Bond uses dynamite to blow up the house Now earlier on by the way Kincaid—much
0: of the whole Bond film was all set up And he killed M merely Because he'd had his Twitter rights revoked
1: Oh, It's the sort of thing he'd do mm. But also Kincaid says earlier That the house has been bought Not anymore
0: no, Blown it up right old state.
1: Silver sees Kin- Kincaid's torch Follows him and M to the chapel After all his men have been blown up Bond has a fight under the ice with a man yep. who luckily is holding a um, flare so he's able to get out of the ice. Gets in the chapel and Silver's grand plan despite all his talking about s- computers that can blow up the whole world is to put a gun to his head and M's head at the same time. m has been shot by the way so she's not yep. very well. She's dying. And just as she's about to do it you get a cartoon Chuck Jones style <laughs> knife <laughs> in the back and he's dead. And M collapses Bond looks at Kincaid and Kincaid uh, gives him a look like "oh shit," and Kincaid looks at him like, "I just do hedges, mate. I don't, I don't, yeah. know, I don't know anything about this." And she, and she dies. Uh, Kincaid removes his hat, right? And he didn't do that when Silver died, which is disrespectful. <laughs> so he's a real shit. Um, so M then dies, and uh, Money Penny gives Bond. Bond's up on a rooftop looking at London because he's he's uh, you know he's grumpy. He needs to emote. And we get this comedy bulldog that Em had at the beginning. This porcelain bulldog. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, And then um, what I did like seeing, though, and I'm not being you, Kippy, is, you know, in American films, you're always going to see the stars and stripes all the time. Yeah. The flag. Any excuse? Yeah. I did like this. Bond standing up at the rooftop, and just in front of him, you've got the Union Jack flying there. I thought, that's quite nice. You don't see that enough. Apart from the new Kip video, so sorry about that, everybody. And um, then we find out the Money Penny is Money Penny, which we all knew anyway, yeah. really. Especially if we watched it in the wrong order. Especially yeah. like you did. And then he reports to the new M, which is Ray Fines, which I was fucking excited by. And then we get the gun barrel, and it's all too fast because they, they've they finished and they want to get on with it. And we get the 50 Years logo, and that's the end of Skyfall.
0: There is a problem, isn't it, with M sometimes that there can be a time where M is merely like someone who is attempting to give. Frank Spencer a driving test or something Mr Spencer yeah 007 that yes. kind of thing yes yeah.
1: yeah but that's what I want for my M I don't want M coming with me on the mission and helping out Inspector okay. he's part of the groovy gang at the end mm. which not there's is not welcome
0: no you're right that's uh, well Bernard Lee likes to just stay where he was when he
1: He'd sit down and drink a lot yeah. in Moonraker he looks like a luminous bowl that
0: is actually quite sad actually because Bernard Lee it, I don't know if you've seen there's a uh, what's his name um, Nigel Neal play, uh, which Bernard Lee's in um, mm. about uh, a woman who's accused of being a witch in a kind of modern day Yorkshire um, village. Right, and you can see that Bernard Lee is is clearly uh, it's it's on a, as an extra in the uh, the, the beasts DVD. All oh, right, the, 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 which has a great one with Martin Shaw and a, and a ghost dolphin, which I highly recommend. Ghost dolphin, uh, ghost dolphin, yeah. And um, but Bernard Lee, you know, you can act a bit like watching late Ian Hendry. Where oh, you go, yeah. oh Christ, they've actually had to write it into the character. And to me there's a real, you know, the, the, the sadness of, of, of going... Because I think the last thing Ian Hendry did pretty much is was an episode of Bird's or something like that, where they kind of had to add something to explain why he was slurring and not well.
1: So Skyfall, what did you think now coming out on the other side of it?
0: Um... I still think that of the modern Bond films, I, I prefer it to Piers Brosnan films, mm-hmm. even though I, I enjoy Piers Brosnan a great deal. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's quite... Not underrated, because he bloody makes a fortune everything, doesn't he? And he does sound exactly like how Piers Brosnan's meant to be as a human being. Yeah. There's Someone I know who who did some scripting for him when he did something like... You know those shows they used to do live now from Monte Carlo? It's the World Music Awards, yeah. presented by Zuccaro and <laughs> Piers Brosnan. Yeah. And uh the um yeah, a friend of mine said, basically Piers Brosnan was by the window. He's just sitting at his desk, but there was still an in between person. Do you think Piers would say this? I'll just go and ask. Piers, would you say this? No, I don't think so. No, nope. <laughs> you know, that I like those kind of you know that that. Yeah. Um, but he's uh, yeah. So I, uh, I I I do still like Skyfall, but I like it in three parts the wrong way around.
1: No, that's, that's a good recommendation. Yeah. So I'll as put that I put It's a
0: Nick Rogue Donald Camel version of Skyfall.
1: So we've reached the point of the podcast where we ask the quick fire questions. Yeah, go on then. So we've already done the first one. Yep. Yeah. Best Bond, best Bond film. You've already said. Uh, I don't
0: know. I said Live and Let Die, didn't I? And yeah. and I suppose I mean I do because I'm a huge Avengers fan. Um, I do really like uh, Goldfinger as well, and I know that's the most cliche one, but I think a lot of it is down to. And I also like Gert Frobe. <laughs> I think there's an interesting thing where all of the villains were played by people who were, you know, later on you get quite famous, but but they were interesting, predominantly non English speaking <laughs> out. That whole thing, you know, yeah. Kurt Jürgen, who's great actor, Kurt Jürgen, and, and in um, Smiley's People, yes. which is not. Nearly as good as uh, Alec Guinness' Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. No. Uh, and I wish they would make Smiley's People as a movie with uh, Gary Oldman, because I thought that was... Uh, but yeah, Kurt Jürgen, Frobe and uh, uh, Adolfo Celli, is it? Who went on to be uh, one of the Borgias, the lead oh, Borgia. Yes, yes. Adolf,
1: Adolf Celli? Are you talking Adolf? about Thunderball?
0: Yeah, I'm just yeah. going through all the kind of... yeah, yeah. But obviously you do have Joseph Wiseman as well. Mm. And then then once we get to the Blofelds, we go dominantly
1: primary English downwards. And Michael Lonsdale. Oh, yes, Michael in, uh, Lonsdale. Of Trax. Yeah. He was very good. He was in um, Smiley's People as well. He's the banker oh there you go right so who is the worst Bond and what's the worst Bond film I know it's it's a really
0: obvious thing to say but I really do think it is George Lazenby I watched on A Majesty's Secret Service the other day and I think it's a really fucking weird film Mm. and uh, oh I've just sworn now we can't play this on Bank Holiday Monday Oh, sorry. Sorry. stupid cunt. So, but I I watched it and I thought everything is true about how he's just, he's trying to do an impersonation and it just, uh, and I feel sorry for him in some ways as well because it's just, uh, I haven't watched The Man from Hong Kong for a while, which is one of his only other films. And I remember him, I particularly remember the excitement when they showed Return of the Man from Uncle. Uh, Of JB. Yeah, when he pops up as JB. But um, so, and I think, probably it is Octopussy. Though I've never liked Moonraker either, because I think Moonraker was the real point of a huge amount of added comedy. It it felt to me like that was the one where suddenly, um, for your eyes only, then seemed to reduce it a little bit. Hmm. Um, But yes, I I think somewhere between Moonraker and Octopussy, probably.
1: All right, so Bond is full of stupid... Oh, sorry, actually, I am skipping a question there. Who would you have as Bond next?
0: Uh, who do I think about Bond next? I I would quite like Andy Circus because I think the idea people are always going, you know, why don't we have a female James Bond? Why don't we have Black James Bond? I think why don't we have Andy Circus as uh, either gorilla or chimpanzee James Bond? I like that. Um, but I did I, I made a little list of, uh, and I did think I know he might be getting on a bit now already, but. I do think Hugh Jackman would be very interesting I think Hugh Jackman w- one thing I love about Hugh Jackman is the fact that one of my favourite things was watching him present the Tonys and boy oh boy can that man high kick yeah. I mean he is a great song and dance man he's a proper dancer yeah and mm. I think what he brings I, I, I thought he, the, uh, the Wolverine the final Wolverine film Logan mm. uh, he's brilliant in it mm. and I really like him as an actor and I think Hugh Jackman would be very interesting
1: yeah okay uh, Bond is full sort of stupid names like Money, Penny, Smallbone and Goodhead give me your best Bond lady name
0: with uh, well, the one that I the one that I liked least was, uh, but it's uh, Tiffany. What's her name? Probably named after your father. Tiffany Case. Oh no! No, you, it wasn't. What's was it called? Named after your father? O'Toole. Oh, Plenty O'Toole, O'Toole, O'Toole. named after your father. Yeah. Worst, yeah, worst name in any of the Bond films. But they're oh, all. I you, find it really hard. I had to do a thing recently at the uh, um, at the Jewish Centre on Finsbury uh, uh, near uh, Finsbury Road, and um, Jewish Culture Centre, and and there was a round that involved doing double entendres, and I generally have my brain does not let me do those kind of uh, you know. Hmm. I just won't. My brain doesn't let it.
1: So you can't think of a Bond lady name?
0: No, Daphne Fisting. You know whatever Daphne it Fisting, is. Daphne Fisting. I like
1: you know, it. I don't. It. Yeah, I'm not like that. But I'll take it. Uh, give me your best Bond film title that you've just made up.
0: I found those very very hard uh, oh, yeah. to think of. When uh, and Mother Makes Three. Oh. Uh, but then of course that was actually a Wendy Craig series. But then that made me think uh, that you could also have, uh, for instance, well, I had uh, um, Man with the Golden Girls. Oh, nice. Uh, so that would be kind of very interesting. quite yeah. A little bit more Harold and Maud when it came to the sex scenes, but I think yeah. that would be quite fun. Uh, then there was uh, Sleeper the Deadly, but that's more... I like of mm, the Deadly. I but mean. then, does that mean it should be called Dead Sleeper? Uh, mm. Dead Sleeper. Mm. <laughs> oh, we think it's something. No, it's not. It's his garage. Um, um, a suggestion of hammers and ice scraper.
1: My favourite is a suggestion of hammers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's properly brilliant. So can we go with a suggestion of Hammers? Yep, that's fine. Brilliant. OK, so... A, hypothetical... a suggestion of Hammers.
0: Suggestion of Hammers. Good.
1: Only if it ends like... Suggestion of hammers? Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A hypothetical fist fight takes place between Simon Templar, the Saint, and James Bond 007. Who wins?
0: It is James Bond because uh, the Saint is really a gentleman and uh, James Bond is uh, is a thug.
1: And the Saint uses disguises, which means he's a coward.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Mm. You don't like the Mission Impossible films after all, then? Got oh, another yeah. mask on? Ugh.
1: They don't do that anymore, though, do they?
0: Oh, uh, they stopped the masks. When was the last one? Mission Impossible 2. Bloody mask, mask, mask.
1: 3. I think it's the last one where he used a mask. Uh, good.
0: good. I've already kept up with these. i told you before, I like boring Russian films.
1: Well, there's a boring Russian in one of them. Mm, Okay. Uh, Finally, you're stranded on an island with Sean Connery, George Lazenby, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig. Who do you elect as leader to devise your rescue attempt? If it fails, who do you eat first?
0: Right, Timothy Dalton as leader, because I believe that he was the most humane bond, yes. and therefore I think he would have a level of compassion, and I think he would worry about other people to make sure that we all got away and it didn't just end up being a narcissistic He'd exercise. A bloody good leader. Uh, not Sean Connery to eat. No. Oh, mm. uh, <sighs> Roger Moore there's a kind of breadcrumby sense to Roger Moore yeah. that makes you sense that he might be delicious right but I'm not sure I can ever eat Roger Moore oh. so uh, I think Piers Brosnan because he smoked a pipe in Mars Attack so it would mean he would have a lovely kind of smoky flavour a little oaky yeah. smoky flavour you're right brilliant I hope that helped. It
1: did. Well, Good. Robin Ince, thank you so much for Skyfalling.
0: So sorry I didn't... I thought we watched bits of the film and then I'm sorry, I should them, have yeah. made that clear. No, you probably did. I never read more than the first line of the email. You bastard. Yeah, I fucking am a bastard as well. Yeah. I, feel, I feel
1: this small now. Thanks, Robin. God, he actually made
0: himself really small as yeah, well. using power transmogrifying right power. Thanks very much. Thanks.
1: Goodbye.